0: Well, it's so good to be here to study God's Word together. Uh, we've got um, a, a good 30 minutes here, 35 minutes. So let's just dive right in. So excited. I was praying as we were going to p- approaching this Thanksgiving season. We just come through the fall feast, and it's all about worship and thanksgiving to God. And I said, Lord, I want to bless you so much. I just, what more can I give you? What can we bring to you this Thanksgiving season? And he says, bring me souls, bring me souls. He says, he says, Tim, here's what I'm doing. He said, by my spirit, I am wooing people. I am speaking to them in their dreams. I'm speaking to them. They're hearing voices, and they don't even know where it came from, but it's my voice speaking. They're not used to hearing my voice. They're not tuned in to hear my voice, but I'm speaking to them, and I need somebody in flesh and blood. I need somebody who's walking on this earth full of my spirit to walk up to them and give them a hug for me to give them a smile for me, to give them a welcome for me, to give them a blessing for me. He said, I'm looking for some ambassadors that I can use, some vessels of honor that I can use to touch my people that I'm wooing and I'm drawing into the kingdom of God. All they need is a physical confirmation of what heaven has already been doing and they will act upon it. So God told me, that He said, this isn't just for you. He said, I'm doing this all over the world. And let me tell you what, if we as Christians will heed the call of God and prepare ourselves to be the ambassadors he's called us to do and we will be his hands to touch and his feet to go into the presence of and his smile and his voice and his kindness that will touch and rub on people let me tell you what it's going to be a confirmation of what God has already by his spirit been doing in their lives and they're going to say I want to serve the God that you are manifesting to me right now I want to serve the God who is speaking through you who he has been speaking through me, there's going to be a confirmation. And this is going to bring forth a revival all over the globe. If the glory of the Lord's going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, this is one way God says He is using to do that. And He said, will you be a part? And I said, yes, I will, Lord. If this brings glory and honor to you, and I know it does, I want to be a part of it. And I want to raise up Christian embassy. I said, Lord, you said ambassadors, and we're the embassy. Yes, we will raise up ambassadors during this season that we will be the hands and the feet and the voice and the look and the kindness and the touch and the hug and the invite of heaven on earth and earth." manifesting or confirming what heaven has been saying that is our responsibility so i want to i want to prepare you in doing that uh, as we are, uh, I said, yes, Lord, here's what we're going to do. So the Lord just started giving me some things that we've studied and we've done in the past. And he started bringing it back to me. He said, here's, here's your plan. So we're going to have fantastic days ahead. There are fantastic days coming up. Starting today, we're going to say we're in our fantastic days, Okay. And that's October. You see today, the 22nd, we're laying it out. But then next Sunday, the 29th through November 5th, 12th, and 19th, will be four Sundays where we as ambassadors are going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have a platform, that we have a banquet table, that we have the rooms prepared for guests to come into our house. Hallelujah. We are going to be that uh, confirming voice and that confirming touch that God needs on earth to come in and bring confirmation to what God has already been saying to your. Let's look at the fantastic. That friend stands for friends, so it's going, God has been speaking to some of your friends. You say they are they are heathen friends. They are crazy friends. They are these are friends I don't even let my family meet. Let me tell you what the Spirit of the Lord is ministering to them. The Spirit of the Lord is visiting them in dreams. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking to them, and God says, "All I need." It's for you to bring confirmation to them by being an ambassador to tell them of the love of God, that God loves them, that God has a plan for them, that God has a purpose for them. And if they need any help, any assistance, any guidance, any encouragement in fulfilling that plan, that you want to lead them to a a, a church that will help them develop that and serve God in such a way. So we're going to be looking at friends. Then there's another one there is your relatives. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I know when we start dealing with relatives, that gets scary, right? Any of you got some, some relatives that you've never uh, told other people about? No, 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 no. But we got to bring our relatives in. I saw some hands raised over there. Joshua, I saw that. <laughs> or was that diamond? <laughs> so he's looking the other way. He said, don't put the camera on me. This is live. They may be watching. But we need to get our relatives. And God loves your relatives. And He is speaking to them. And He is wooing them by His Spirit. And then there are our associates. There are people that we've met in the classroom. There are people we've met in business. There's people we've met in the marketplace. There's people we've met. He wants us to reach out and share unashamedly. And I didn't say preach a sermon to them, you'll run them off. And I didn't say come and try to talk to them for four hours about Jesus. They'll run away. What He wants is a confirmation He's already been preparing them. He's already been speaking to them. He's been telling them you were created with purpose and destiny. I have a plan for you. You need to yield your life to me and I will show you. I will empower you. I will guide you and I will uh, uh, propel you into that plan. They need that confirmation that Jesus loves you and God has a plan for you and a purpose for you and a destiny for you. That's all you got to tell them. And if you need help in fulfilling and learning and developing uh, in that plan, and just follow me as I follow Christ. Isn't that what Paul said? Follow me as I follow Christ. And let them follow you to Christian embassy. And let me tell you what, we'll come right alongside in that confirmation and that encouragement as well. And then that end is for neighbors. We got to get our neighbors. I'm telling you, God has given us uh, people that we live around and they are, we don't know their struggle. They come outside, they got a smile on their face, or maybe they dash into their car and drive off and don't even let you see their face. But let me tell you what, they are. Created by God. They are under attack by the enemy. And God has a plan and a purpose for their life to bring them up out of bondage, out of any setback, into a setup for success. And you're the key. You're the key. So we're going to bring our friends, our relatives, and our associates, and our neighbors in for those four Sundays that we were looking at and we're going to be bringing them in we're going to have messages here that is going to encourage them it's going to kind of uh, be geared more towards them uh, in helping them uh, start at wherever place they're at to going forward into what god has for them so these are fantastic days so today overarching i want us to look at the key to being a good neighbor The key to being a good neighbor because if we're not a good neighbor, let me tell you what, then we're not going to fulfill the law of God. Because Jesus, when He was asked, what is the greatest law? Jesus tells us in Mark 12, 29, He said, The most important one, Jesus answered, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So we see when Jesus boiled all of the Old Testament down, He says, let's look at it as a door that swings on two hinges. And if you want to, that door to open, heaven to open, the ministry to open, all God has for you to open, this is what you do. You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. I was dealing Wednesday night in our discipleship series on uh, how to not fulfill the lust of the flesh by walking in the spirit, how our soul man, our, our soulish realm makes the decisions in our life and it was influenced by the flesh all of the years before we were born again. But when we're born again, our spirit man is born anew, and now we have a new voice, and that spirit man is connected with the Holy Spirit, and God gives us a prayer language directly connected so that it can be built up, it can be strengthened, it can have a greater voice. We've got to build up our spirit man so that when we hear what the Spirit of God is saying, we say to our soul, this is the decision to make, and then the flesh is over here saying, No, 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 make this decision that the soul says, no, I'm making the decision what the spirit is saying because the spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit and this is what God wants. And that's what Galatians is talking about when he says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we're talking on Wednesday night about how, how to build up our spirit man and to have the voice of our spirit uh, so authoritative and, 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 and becoming the leader so that our flesh man is no longer by its appetites calling the shots. And that's how you become a spiritual sons and daughters of God, walking in maturity. So that's loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But he said, that's not good enough that you can just have this spiritual relationship with me. You also must love your neighbor as yourself. The key to being a good neighbor... We must learn uh, the importance of this because this is how it's manifested on earth. This is where the rubber meets the road. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when I hurt you, you know how it works. When I hurt you, I want you to be merciful to me, right? So if I hurt you, any of you take on my shoes here, if you hurt someone, you want somebody to forgive you, right? You want mercy, But when you hurt me, if you're still led by the flesh, you want to get revenge, right? Every one of us, when somebody hurts us, the first thing we want to do, it pops up, is we want to get revenge. They're going to pay. You mess with me, you're going to pay. Well, let me tell you what, that's the wrong mentality. So we have to become disciples in Christ and learn how to love our neighbor as ourselves. Matthew 5 and 7 says it this way, Happy are the kind and merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. There is a happiness, there is a blessing, there is a barak of God, there is a favor of God that comes on us when we are merciful. So we must, if we want to live with a joyful life, if we want to live with the blessing of God on our life, we need to discipline ourselves and be kind and merciful uh, so that we can walk in that blessing. Now the meaning of mercy is, if you look in the Greek, is it is to show compassion by some word or deed. Not something just you feel. So you say, oh, I, I just got this feeling of mercy. No, mercy, you have to express it through word or deed. Now, I like what the, the Old Testament says in the Hebrew uh, understanding of Chesed is that mercy is to get into someone else's skin where you're not only sympathizing, but you're empathizing with them. If you want to you be merciful, you actually have to get inside their skin. and Not, not literally, but it's, you get the point of what he's saying here. So mercy is definitely defined as love in action. Giving people what they need instead of what they deserve. Boy, do we have to discipline our mind on that because we want to give people what they deserve. But before you get too cocky with that mindset what you give you're gonna get right the law of reciprocity you give a seed of corn you're gonna get corn if you give people what they deserve now you're setting yourself up to receive what you deserve and I think that should sober every one of us up Psalms 145 verse 8 says God is all mercy and grace he's not quick to anger he's rich in love see God is good to one and all Everything He does is suffused with grace. Wow. See, God is merciful. Therefore, He is the source that we look to when we have to show mercy. And our flesh man says, I have no experience. I don't have any experience in showing mercy. Got no no inventory on that. Well, we've got our spirit man that's connected by the Spirit of God to God Himself. We're filled with the Spirit of God. We have the source of God in us. So we can't say, well, I'm just, I just have a problem. Pastor, I just have a problem uh, being merciful. I have a problem of uh, forgiving people. I just have a problem well, you, because you're in charge. I thought you called on Jesus Christ to be your Lord, which means He's in charge, to be your Lord and Savior. To, for Him to save you, you've got to be surrendered to His Lordship. And if you're surrendered to His Lordship, now it's not about you. It's about Him in you. Hallelujah. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So I want to give you several marks of mercy. Okay, these are some marks of mercy. You can say it this way. I am merciful. If I'm merciful, I will do these things. So what are they? That's the question as you walk in life. Well, number one, you will be patient with those who are peculiar. Yes, you can say that word in church. Peculiar. Because you have some peculiar people in your life. Amen. Some of you looked in the mirror and saw a peculiar person this morning, didn't you? Amen. There's a lot of peculiarity in this world. But he says here in 1 Thessalonians five fourteen. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. The, the new uh, living uh, translation of that would be Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy Encourage those who are timid Take tender care of those who are weak But in all, be patient with everyone So mercy doesn't mean we turn our head and never address anything And I say praise God for that See, see. sometimes He tells us you need to warn the lazy, the unruly, the undisciplined, and tell them that this this manner of life is not going to reap you uh, what your your goal is in life. It's never going to happen. And He tells us that we're to encourage those who are timid so that if there's a spirit of timidity there, we need to come alongside to bring the power of God and the encouragement of the Word of God and the light in their darkness to uh, be the path uh, that they can run this race that God has called them to. And then to be tenderly uh, careful with those who are weak, that we're not to treat those who are weak with the same, uh, you might would say, a manner as those who are strong. But in all of this, be patient with everyone. Say, "Lord, teach me to depend on your Holy Spirit." You thought I was going to say, "Teach me patience, didn't you?" And already there was a spiritual lie that was trying to come up and say, oh, you don't ever pray for patience. Don't ever pray for patience because everything will come against you. Let me tell you what, how silly that is. Let me tell you how silly that is. The Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, kindness, goodness, mercy, patience. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience. So patience is not something I can manhandle It's not something I can conjure up and it's not something that I have to uh, learn how to do. It's yielded to the Spirit of God. Allowing the Holy Spirit to genuinely grow through me, He produces patience. So what I need to do is I need to learn to depend more on the Holy Spirit and have my spirit man praying in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit and studying the Word of God, my mind renewed by the Word of God so that my spirit man is growing ever yielding to the Holy Spirit so that my body as a temple of the Holy Ghost can produce the fruit of patience so that we can be patient with all. He says, uh, Romans 15 and 7, Therefore receive one another just as Christ accepted you to the glory of God. So we need to learn to, to receive one another as Christ has received us. Here's a, here's a method I use that helps me dealing with peculiar people. Now, none of you are peculiar, right? You're, you're all just the perfect saints of God that's never, never made a mistake uh, and all that good stuff. But here, if you ever do meet someone that is peculiar, here, this will help you. First, learn something about their background. This is a great practice. Learn something about their background. And when you do that, this changes your mindset from looking at how far you have to go to look how far you've come. Because probably some of the most peculiar people you ever have to deal with have come through a lot of stuff. And when you do that, it helps you to be patient with them. Secondly, you look at the uh, you, you don't look at their external peculiarity. That's not the focus. You gotta know there's something beneath that. There's something going on under the, the hood, you might would say. So if they're hurting you right now, it's probably because they're hurting deep inside. And it's out of their pain or out of their fear or out of their anxiety or or their internal struggle or their depression or their loneliness that they're striking out at the world around them. So look beyond the external and know that there's a hurting person here Somebody's hurt them. There's something out of, out of whack. There's something out of joint. There's something out of order here. And I, God, if you can use me to help bring healing here or direction here, I make myself available. So we do what Paul says. We receive one another just as Christ has received us for the glory of God. When we do that, it gives glory to God. So merciful people are accepting people. Secondly... <laughs> If we looking for a mark of mercy, we forgive those who have fallen. Now, every one of us in here has made mistakes. Every one of us in here has sinned, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Isn't that what the Bible says? Paul tells us that in the book of Romans, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he also tells us the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Praise God! For His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? So as He has forgiven us, we must forgive those who have fallen. So when people mess up in your life and they mess you up, you might would say, uh, do you rub it in or do you rub it out? That flesh wants to rub it in. You messed up. Look at what you did, you idiot. You you, you stupid. You You just go right on and on and on and on and just rub it in, but the Spirit of God in you wants to help rub it out. I have heard people tell me, Pastor, I'll eventually get around to forgiving them, but let me hold it over their head for a little while. <laughs> just let me, let me just savor this for a little while. No, no. Is that what you want for you? I know it's natural to do this, but I'm talking about the supernatural. We as children of God, have, we have access To the Spirit of God. We have the supernatural now available to us. So while it may be impossible for you to forgive someone who has done something so atrocious in your life, the Spirit of God will give you the strength and the wisdom and the ability to release people no matter what they have done. Hallelujah. Boys, get quiet in here. I pray that every one of you here today would come to know not only with a mental assent but that you would know deep down in your heart the truth of Jesus Christ as the son of the living God and that you will call upon him as your Lord and your savior surrendering your life to him and confessing that he is your all in all and that you would go forth in serving him and growing in him and fulfilling the purpose that he has for you that is my prayer that it would go from a mental assent to a heart understanding and purposing for each and every one of us what I call a true grace experience I pray every person under the sound of my voice would have a walking, talking, living grace experience with God and in and through that experience you will know the love of God who who has forgiven you and has now taken you who was once an enemy of his and now you are the apple of his eye what a wonderful way to live freed up so that we can now be used by him to help free others up stop demanding justice because you might get it yourself I like the lady who went to the photographer and and she didn't like the pictures that she got and she was so irate and she said I want my money back but not only do I want my money back I want you to pay me for the time that you've wasted of mine in taking these pictures I demand justice And the photographer said, lady, you don't need justice. You need Mary Kay. No, I mean you need mercy. (laughs) Help us, Lord. (laughs) Colossians 3 and 13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So forgive those who have fallen. Three, we want to help those who are hurting they are hurting people around. And the hand of God that's going to come and apply the, the balm of Gilead, the hand, the hand of God that's going to come and bring healing to them may be your hand. He needs somebody's hand. He needs somebody's heart. He needs somebody's life that will help touch them to bring healing to the hurting. Proverbs 3.28 says, If you can help your neighbor now, say now. Yeah. Come on, say now. Yeah. If you can help your neighbor When? Now, if you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. See, mercy is a do word. It's practical. Men, you should like that. Because I know with the men, when I meet with the men, they're like, what do you want us to do, pastor? What do you want us to do? Well, here's a do word here, and that is show mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we should pray every day. Lord, I want to be a forgiver today. You should rise up and say, Lord, as your ambassador, I want to be a healer today. I want to be your ambassador today. So show me someone who's hurting. Show me someone who's hurting that I might be your hands to touch them and your life to impact them. 1 John three seventeen. but if anyone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need and refuses to help, How? Can God's love be in that person? Now that's pretty to the point, right? Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other and let us really show it by our actions. Jesus said, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples in John 13 and 35, so that when they see your bumper sticker... When they see your bumper sticker, they will know that you're my disciple. When they see the fish that you've applied to your window, they will know that you are my disciple. No. That you have what? Love one for another. Wow. Jude one twenty two. show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. I love what John Wesley had as a motto and I believe it would be a good motto for you as well as for myself. Do all the good that you can by all the means that you can in all the ways that you can in all the places that you can at all the times that you can to all the people that you can as long as you can. What a great motto. Let me say it again. that We should do all the good that we can, by all the means that we can, in all the ways that we can, in all the places that we can, in all the times that we can, to all the people that we can, as long as we can. What do you think would happen if Christian embassy was to accept that motto today? And every one of us here who calls Christian Embassy our home, if we would adopt that motto and start living this week and living out our lives in this way, let me tell you what, the glory of the Lord would begin to cover this earth and the path and the places that we would go like never before because that would be the heart of God manifested here on earth. I said in the first service, uh, many of us, though, had this tendency to be like Flip Wilson's comment when he was asked what religion he was. He replied, I'm a Jehovah's bystander. (laughs) Lord, deliver us from being a Jehovah's bystander and let us get our head in the game. Let us get our feet walking in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Let us use our tongues that has the power of blessing and the power of life to begin to release the blessings of heaven over people's lives and releasing the life, the Zoe life, the healing, the glory of God upon people that we can do. Let our hands, that when they lay on the sick, they shall recover. Let us begin to to minister to one another and let healing come in the body and healing in relationships and healing in our finances and healing in our families and healing with Children, let us become the ambassadors of heaven on earth, and our hands and our feet and our lives doing exactly what Jude one twenty two says, showing mercy even to those whose faith is wavering. Let us go to them and help them up who are struggling. And then the fourth uh, uh, mark of mercy. I think this is the final one I have here. It says, "I will do good to my." Mm. Mm. This one's painful. This one's hard, right? Right? Don't y'all make me stand up here and confess all by myself. Boy, if we stick together, we won't feel so bad about making this confession. This one's hard. I will do good to my enemies. Jesus said in Luke six thirty three, "If you do good only to those who do good to you, is that so wonderful? You call yourself a Christian?" You think you all that because you're being good to somebody who's been good to you? He said, even the heathen do that. He said, even sinners live like that. He said, you've got a higher calling. You've got a higher power. You've got a higher purpose. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. He says, so you are to love your enemies. Do good to them. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. The good news is we've got God to draw on for this. We don't have to come up with this at our own strength. We have the strength of God by His Spirit to provide this. Romans 12 and 20, 21 says, Do what the scripture says. If your enemy are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. And they will be ashamed of what you have done, what they have done to you. Don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. Conquer evil by doing good. See, it's the exact opposite of what we're taught growing up. When, when I grew up, they say, somebody hurt you, get them. Make them pay. And make them pay so hard they'll never even think about doing that ever again. Where you're a reactor, but we are, as Christians, to be proactors. So I'm not suggesting that mercy does not hold people accountable, because the scripture clearly says that accountability has to be there. So, so I'm not suggesting that mercy is a handout. We give mercy on the basis of who we are and who we serve. So when you go back to work tomorrow and you meet the jerk at work, anybody got one? Okay. Jerk at work or or someone at school or in the marketplace or in the neighborhood and uh, they come up to you and they're complaining and they're finding fault. Turn it around by releasing the blessing of God. Release the blessing of God. Say, you know what? I just thank God that the sun is shining today, and I've got uh, lungs that can breathe this air and, and I'm thanking God you're still breathing too. (laughs) no 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 say it with a little more confidence than that and you may say well pastor this won't change anything yes it will it may not change him but it'll change you amen so Romans 12, 20, according to King James Version, new King James Version, says it this way, and some of you will like it better this way rather than your living translation. It says, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Now, a lot of people like that. Yeah, oh, wow, the picture of taking hot coals and heaping them on their head. Now I'm in for this. I'll be nice if it'll burn them, okay? Okay, well, if you need that, well, there you go. That helps you out. (laughs) So I will do good to my enemies. So in these last few minutes, as we get ready to go out into our mission field that God has called us to this week, I want to give you some mercy motivators, just several mercy motivators just to encourage you as you go out. And the first one is this. Because God has been merciful to me, I will be merciful to others. I'm, I'm motivated to be merciful because god has been merciful to me romans 5 8 god showed his great love for us by sending christ to die for us while we were what still sinners still peculiar still hurting acting like the enemies of god he loved us so much and was so merciful that he sent his only begotten son so i'm going to give show mercy this week because god has been merciful to me right Secondly, because I will need mercy in the future. Now, now I know I know it sounds all spiritual to say, "Oh, I'm all about exhaling. I'm all about giving, 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 giving." But you and I know that we will die if we exhale only. God created us with a divine order, and part of that is we got to love our neighbors as ourselves. We got to take care of ourselves as well. We got to inhale. Part of the balance of life, right? And He even gives us incentives here to help us see in mercy that we're going to need mercy in the future. And as we give mercy, it positions us to receive mercy. Look at James 2, 13. For there will be no mercy for you if you have not been merciful to others. But if you've been merciful, then God's mercy towards you will win out over His judgment against you. So let's do some self-preservation in this as well. I know it sounds all spiritual and wonderful to say I only do it because I love Jesus I only do it because I'm all for him and that's great and that's wonderful and that should be the majority of it but let's be real let's be real we also want to make sure we're taken care of too right we don't want to come under the judgment of God rather the mercy of God and he says as we show mercy it positions us for God's mercy to come to us and win out over his judgment against us And then the final motivator I've given you here is uh, because being merciful makes you happy. There is a joy and a happiness and a blessing that comes with being merciful. The most miserable people I've ever met on planet earth are people who hold grudges. I mean, you just ask them, how are you doing? And they just start. Everybody. And you're like, oh my goodness. If I knew your breath smelled like that, I would have never come close to you. But it wasn't a physical breath it was just that grudge the rot of that grudge coming out ben franklin said when you're kind to others you are most kind to yourself think about that when you're kind to others you are most kind to yourself and in proverbs 11 and 17 it says your own soul is nourished look at there your soul is nourished when you are kind but you destroy yourself when you're cruel wow there's been a lot of people on self-destructive paths and they didn't even realize why and how they got on it but they're living holding grudges, holding unforgiveness and not being kind I remember when we planted this church 25 years ago uh, I was at Regent University and I took this class church planning. and fortunately the, the Dr. Weston uh was said you know what let's make this a, a class project if you're up for it tim i said i'll take any help i can get god said he would make a way and this is going to be the way so we took on this phones for you program by norm one and we were going to call in a certain mile of like five or six mile radius we were going to call everybody just straight out of the phone book and we were going to call them and first question we asked is are you currently involved in a local church And if they said yes, we would say, God bless you. Please support your pastor, the vision and the mission of the house. We just pray that you guys would grow and increase in the favor of the Lord. Goodbye. And we'd hang up. Because we were not about pulling people out of other churches. That was not the heart and has not ever been the heart of this church. But then uh, they would say, no, I'm not in a church. Then we would say, here we're starting a church and and, uh, we'd love to send you some more information about it to see if maybe this is something you'd like to come visit and check us out. And and we we got thousands of people who said they were interested and, and we sent the information out. But I remember in the training as Dr. Weston gave me the training that I had to train the students from Regent and I had to hold them accountable in their hours because all of that was going to go towards their grade and one of the first things that was on the training is when I'd bring them in these students I would say before you dial the phone you must put a smile on your face and I said practice it right now and I had mirrors I actually had mirrors in the training room I said look in the mirror and smile you got to learn to smile you need to put a smile on your face. I said because all the psychological and uh, studies have been done and we are nicer people when we smile. And it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile and the smile does and it starts breaking uh, break, releasing chemicals of goodness in our bodies and health and our cells are healthier when we smile. It's just amazing when you put a smile on your face. And they're like, they're like, Tim, we're, we're going to be talking to people on the telephone. They're not going to be able to see our, our, our shiny white teeth or whatever, our coffee-stained teeth. They're not going to see it. I said, it's not about what they see. It's about what they hear. And it will be co- transmitted through your speech. It will by your spirit, your demeanor. Everything changes when you smile. And I taught that and I watched the transformation in our rooms take place as we were calling out. And I made it a commitment. God help me every day of my life, remind me to put a smile on my face. So when I get up in the morning and I got boogers in my eyes and my hair's all twisted and turning and, and, and I'm just really yawning and coming out of the bed, I'm reminded by the Spirit of the Lord. He's been doing this for 25 years. He said, you told me to remind you. And he reminds me, put a smile on your face and I put a smile on my face and immediately a song comes that's my wife, that's my children look at them talking, yeah, yeah I get a song and I start singing this is a day I got your little bum 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 in there now yes or whatever the song is I just start singing the song and I come down the stairs and my kids don't run oh the parent is up you know, as some of us may have done in our youth But they come running and daddy's up, daddy's up, yay! Because daddy is a better man. Because God reminded me to put a smile on my face and when I put that smile on my face it's like it reconnects me with this teaching right here and I'm like wait a minute this is the day the Lord has made I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I'm above only and not beneath. Uh, God has given me His mercy and His grace and His love and His anointing and His power and His goodness and His mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I am blessed coming. I'm blessed going. Oh I'm happy. I'm just happy. God's given me three wonderful children they're gonna serve the Lord all the days of their life God has given me a godly wife and together we're gonna serve in the ministry. and I just I'm just blessed I'm blessed and it starts with a reminder something as simple as putting a smile on my face not that the smile literally changes anything the smile wakens me up to this teaching that I am to love my neighbor I'm to bless those I'm here as an ambassador I'm to help make people's lives better today Whiners can't do that You see a whiner coming and let me tell you if you're a whiner anybody in here a whiner don't raise your hand Please don't raise your hand, but if you're a whiner, let me just give you a secret folks Go to the bathroom when they don't have to go to the bathroom to avoid you Let me tell you whiners. Let me just tell you folks will act extra busy in your presence so they don't have to remain in your presence because you're a whiner. It's like death is coming out of you. And you, the devil has you fooled to think the more you talk about this garbage, the better it is. But I grew up on a farm. And when a cow patty was crusted over, you don't stir in that thing unless you want to reawaken what was there. And let me tell you what, that's what whining does. It just keeps it alive. And you may have learned to enjoy the smell of the farm in that way, but others aren't used to that smell. And people avoid you. People keep surface relationships with you because they know they're the next one's going to be on your list that you're whining and complaining about because you find fault with everybody. We're to be ambassadors. Come on now. We are to be ambassadors of heaven and heaven is not whining and heaven is not stitch and heaven is not negative and heaven is not death. Let me tell you what that comes from the enemy. So it's time that we say you know what I'm going into this week and I'm going to commit myself to be an ambassador. An ambassador for, for, from heaven to earth I'm representing the kingdom of God I'm representing the king of the kingdom Jesus Christ I'm filled with his spirit I have the compassion of the father I have the access and the understanding and the embrace of my heavenly father and I will represent him on earth and God says as we do that it brings glory to God his glory begins to spread on this earth and you wanted a theological dissertation that would take you through 37 scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, and everything in between, with criti- uh, critical research and all the empirical research to back it up before you think you could go out there and advance the kingdom of God and hear your preacher saying all you need to do is put a smile on your face and let the kindness and the glory and the goodness of God settle in your heart. And you focus on how good God was to you when you were rotten and how now He wants you to be good to those who are rotten and tell them that God has a and a destiny and a plan for their life and they can follow you as you follow Christ and they can follow you to your church uh, and they're gonna see the way that Jesus has said hallelujah and every one of us can do that would we stand today please stand. Lord as we stand in this closing prayer prayer of dedication prayer of commitment prayer of consecration First and foremost, Lord, we know that we cannot carry your banner. We cannot represent your glory. We cannot let your light shine through us if your light is not in us. Jesus, you are the light of the world. So we know first and foremost, we have to come to you, Jesus, and bow. Total submission to your Lordship. If you're here today, maybe you have yielded your uh, allegiance to a man, maybe to a woman. You've yielded your allegiance to a church or an organization. I say stop with that. And right now, first and foremost, top of the priority list, yield your allegiance to Jesus Christ. Paul says, if you will confess Jesus Christ is your Lord, meaning he rules and he reigns in your life, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So right now, let's deal with the most important issue of all, whether or not we're totally surrendered and yielded to the allegiance of Jesus Christ. Is he Lord over all? If not, he's not Lord at all. He said, I don't do the lukewarm stuff. Be hot or cold. You're in or out. I believe the Holy Spirit is asking you right now through me. Are you in or are you out? If you're in, you're surrendering. You're submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus. You can say this to him. Jesus, Jesus. Be my Lord and my Savior i'm here to serve you live for you love you worship you tell others about you my life belongs to you if you really mean that right now let me tell you what there is a supernatural transformation and impartation and change that is taking place heaven on earth spirit of god in you hallelujah hallelujah Now if you believe God has raised him from the dead, you will not be ashamed of him. He says, believe and be baptized and you shall be saved. So if you've not been baptized, you need to go by the welcome center and you need to tell someone there, I need to sign up for baptism. I want to obey the Lord. Maybe you were baptized as a child and you don't remember it. He said, believe and be baptized and you weren't a believer then. Now you can say, I believe and I want to be baptized. Father, I pray as we surrender to Your Lordship of Your Son, Jesus Christ, here to serve and to advance Your kingdom on earth, I pray, Spirit of the living God, that You would awaken within each of us the desire to make a commitment right now. Father God, I will go into this week and I will be an ambassador. I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice would make that commitment right now. Father God, I will go into this week and I will be an ambassador of heaven. I'll put a smile on my face. I will extend mercy. I will be kind. I I will be your hands. I will be your feet. I will be your voice of blessing. I will be your voice of life. Lord, I'm just going out to bless people. I'm going out to tell people that God has a plan for them and a purpose and a destiny. And Lord God, if we commit right now to be ambassadors of yours into this week, God, Lord, we lift our hands and as our hands go up, let the anointing come down. As our hands go up, let the anointing go down. Just like we would plug a charger into the outlet, we plug into you, Lord God. Saying, I want to be an ambassador, but I want to be fully charged. Fully charged by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me afresh and anew. Holy Spirit, I don't want to quench you. Holy Spirit, my spirit man needs to grow. I need to pray in the Spirit. I need to sing in the Spirit. If I've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, all i got to do is ask the Father. Ask the Father and He'll give freely. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit. I pray you would fill me. Fill me overflowing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory and honor and praise. Yes, Lord. Here I lift my hands to be charged so that I could go into this week, Lord God, to fulfill the charge, to be an ambassador, to help those that are hurting to lift the burden off of those just by the words that I share and the kindness that I represent for you, Jesus. And may your kingdom increase. Come on, just let that be our closing prayer. Jesus, may your kingdom increase on earth as it is in heaven. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen!